Welcome to the Authentic Dentist Podcast. Join Dr. Allison House of House Dental in Scottsdale and Sean Zayas, founder of Zana, a company helping dentists extend their care beyond the chair as they lead dentists deeper along the journey of authenticity to reach greater fulfillment in their professional lives and to deliver remarkable patient experiences. At the core of the authentic dentist is a belief that the answer to the current challenges in dentistry is dentists discovering that their greatest asset and point of differentiation is their personal brand, and that forming that brand out of their authentic selves is the best strategy for success in dentistry today. So this podcast is brought to you by Zana. And Zana makes electric toothbrushes, but it's more than that. They have a program that'll grow your practice with their electric toothbrushes. Hey guys, this is Sean, and I'm here with Allison. Uh, And I'm excited about the topic today, um, because we're going to talk about communication and why it's kind of more important than ever because of just this current crisis. And, and I feel like the crisis creates an atmosphere that's ripe for misunderstandings. And more than ever, the challenge on you as a leader is to know how to overcome those challenges um, so that we can make meaningful connections with our patients and with our team and get through this the best we can. So, Sean, I'm, I'm going to start with communication with my family. I've, I've noticed that I'm up and down all the time and no one really knows what to expect from me because I'll read an article or I'll see something on the Facebook and it will scare me. And so then I'll have a moment where I'm truly scared and no one else knows, of course, that I've read this or I've heard this. So I just walk in the door scared. So my husband was like, I need a terror chart, Allison. So I made one. So terror chart like t-e-r-r-o-r a terror chart like the airlines have you know what level of terror are we today oh so that's where that's where it comes from yeah like the airlines because i would walk in the door and he'd be like what did i do what, what's wrong why are you mad at me and i'm like i'm not mad at you at all i just heard we were gonna be closed for another three weeks i'm scared so what are the levels on this terror chart in the house residence so it's just silly it's a little piece of cardboard with um, a green at the bottom and then I have a yellow and then an orange and then a red and I took a little sticky um, post-it note and I put it wherever I happened to be at the time. So you come home and instead of people having to read your mind you just place that sticky in the appropriate quadrant? So I should say I walk in I wash my hands I wash my phone, I put my purse in the designated place, and then I move that little number to wherever it is currently. And at least my family has some clue what's wrong with me that day. Now, there's meaning to these four levels. Well, there's joking meaning, but yes, they know what it means. The green, of course, is that everything's fine. We haven't been there in a long time. Um, Yellow is that I'm doing okay. I'm... You know, I'm, I'm in a, a stress situation. There's no getting around it right now, but I'm okay. And orange means that there's been some information that scared me, but I'm still moving forward. And the red is when I'm just paralyzed. I'm going into my room. I'm watching Netflix. I'll come out later because I need some time to process what's happened. 
and they know that along with the essentials that you guys have stocked, you also need to have chocolate. Yes. Yes. I'm not losing weight during this. But, you know, I think that is important because um, although these are serious times, it's like you kind of need to know yourself. And if something as simple as chocolate helps you get through certain parts like that, that's okay, right? Um, so this tarot chart, I, I think I love it because it's your family. They know you the best. And yet there's still ample opportunity for misunderstandings because they can't read your mind. I tend to be a very systematic, level-headed person most of the time, but this has thrown me for a loop. And I'm not. I'm all over the map. One day I'm okay, I'm, I'm proactive, and the next day I'm scared. And I have a feeling that a lot of us are like that. It's just uncertain times. Yeah, I think there's just so much to process. And so much that's unknown that I kind of find like sometimes I'm high energy and I'm optimistic, but it can just be like the the lows happen unexpected. Um, It's like the script just gets flipped on me and you're right. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is that gets me to start considering like, oops, like what if things aren't going to be okay? You know, because it's like as leaders, we need to be in touch with reality. And sometimes the reality doesn't look good because we don't know exactly what the next week's going to bring. Um, you know, we've talked about in certain states, there there's talk about things not coming back to a new normal till maybe September or October. And then when I read something like that or hear something like that, it it's just frightening. As I think about my financial future, I think about my patients, I think about my family. So, yeah, I guess it's my mental health is up and down. And so I needed some way to communicate that with my family where it wasn't when I walked in the door and I was upset, they would think I was upset because the house was messy. I mean, that's like the furthest thing from my mind at the moment. So really what we're talking about is like, this is an example of a tool that just helps facilitate understanding um, as you're communicating. Hey, like, yeah, I had a tough day. Like people don't know. And I think there should be more understanding and grace when it comes to your family, but you don't want to have these misunderstandings when it comes to your patients because maybe they won't give you the benefit of the doubt. You know what I mean? Like you or or your team. Like these are people you care about in professional relationships and we just want to make sure that you guys our listeners have just some tools available um you know just to kind of prevent misunderstandings. You know, we were talking about how dentists it's not like they're trained with business communication best practices? No, that is not part of our training. And so in something like this, it is difficult for us to figure out what to communicate, what to share. You don't want to share that top red level fear because it's it's not appropriate mm. for anyone perhaps but your spouse. But at the same time, you still need to be true and people need to know what's happening. So it, it's a fine balance. And, and like I said, we don't have that training. And, and I think it's a, it is a tension that's difficult um, when you're not in a global pandemic. You know, uh, one of the things you know, Allison, is that like, I don't like conflict. Uh, I don't like being misunderstood. I don't like it when I feel like people are viewing me in a light that's not true to the way that, I don't know, like I want to have peaceable relationships with people. That means a lot to me. And that's why 
anytime, I know we mentioned it in our episode on collaboration. It's difficult for me whenever some sort of collaborative effort, um, let's just say goes off course because I don't always know how to bring it back onto course. And again, that's just under normal circumstances. Now there's just more craziness than ever. Um, so just recently, you know, again, another issue with the programmer, uh, and if this programmer ever listens to this podcast, I think you're doing a great job. Um, but it was still a situation where I had to, I don't know, bring some sort of corrective leadership, you know, to talk about what was really happening. And I had some concerns, you know, and one of the things that I had to be thinking about is what is the long-term view of this relationship? Is this something that we're breaking ties with and I'm kind of needing to put an end to it? And in this circumstance, it wasn't. So that changed the way I thought about how I'm communicating because I was needing to bring up some things that bothered me and frustrated me. You know, so I was telling Allison, like I wrote a first draft of an email. I did not type the recipient's email in in case accidentally you send it. Never do that. Um, And then I just sent it to someone I trusted to kind of get to give me some preliminary feedback. And I think that was very smart. Well done. And the feedback I got was that uh, a lot of what I said came across really petty. And that's the last thing. I don't want to be petty. But it felt great to be able to write that stuff, but not send it to um, the person ultimately it was intended to. So yeah, I, I've learned, you know, even my brother in um, in communication with his wife at times, he says it really helps when they write stuff down. Um, instead of it being like a he said, she said, and they're kind of wondering, it allows them just to kind of organize their thoughts and kind of almost be on the record. Like, is this really what I want to be responsible for saying? You know, so that's just one, one kind of tip that might help people. I also think sometimes we write a story about people and then every time we get any evidence that backs our story, we like file it. So this is my whole story. And when I'm thinking about some of the, the political situations I've been in with um, the American Dental Association and the Arizona Dental Association, I will write a story about what I think this other dentist is saying or thinking about me. And then every time they don't respond to an email or they say something that I think might be snide, well, I've just filed it away that they don't like me. And that's, that isn't really the best thing for me to do. The best thing for me to do would be to take a minute, see what my story is, and then call them and say, hey, I, I've built this. I feel like we have a problem here. Can we talk about it? And nine times out of 10, I've created something that isn't actually there. So just to even bring a little clarity to what you're saying, you're talking about like your the narrative that you're forming in your own thoughts that- um, That this person doesn't like me sure. or they don't respect me because of something they've said or done. But when you actually talk to them, the reality is that they did respect me and they really appreciated what I said. They just didn't know how to respond. That's a different narrative than I don't like you. So what was it, if you kind of take a step back, um, did you find yourself, again, was it just like an assumption that you were making without all the correct information? Um, You know, like a snap judgment? Like, what do you, I don't know, what do you think it was that allowed you to start building this, again, false narrative? Well, I, I think part of it's just the times we're in. Everyone's reactions are different than what I expect from them. They're normal. And it's not always about me. And I have to remember that. 
their reaction is not always about me and my reaction isn't always about them. So it's just ripe for this misunderstanding and stories being built about people that aren't really true. And it's important that we we step back and we look at that. You know, also the mode of communication for many people out there might be might have changed. Like if you and I are used to being able to meet and talk and communicate, and now we're forced to do it digitally. Let's say we have to use Zoom, or let's say we're just really emailing or texting more heavily. Well, if that's a change in what we're used to, that change even allows for there to be more misunderstanding. Well, I think so too, because I can email something and say, I'm, I really would like to discuss this. And you can read that in a lot of different ways. So if I'm used to sitting in front of you and you can see my face, it's just different. I remember the first like massive, I wouldn't call it a breakup because it was with like my best friend it was a guy, but like in high school, it was AOL instant messenger and it was just like a Friday night and I was not feeling great and we were supposed to get together. But he was kind of like seeing what kind of options he could have out there. You know, it drove me crazy when friends did that. Like, Hey, what do you want to do tonight? And if I didn't have an idea, like I could tell they were kind of like pinging other friends to see if they had a, like something more interesting. Um, uh, but Sean, that's a story you've written. It is even that you're right. So again, I have this like lens and I'm going into this interaction and we just end up keep, we're just misunderstanding each other and miscommunicating because of the mode. Normally we would just get on the phone, but we were just using instant messenger and we got in this massive blow up and massive fight. And I credit most of it to the fact that it was a mode that really wasn't, it wasn't the best, best method for that. And it caused like a lot of fallout that took a long time to repair. And it's like today because of social distancing, you know, because of being responsible, which people should be responsible with the state of the crisis, the way it is right now. It's like practice social distancing. We don't want this to spread, but that might be placing undue strain and stress on what we're familiar with and what we're accustomed to when it comes to relating to and communicating with our patients relating to and communicating to our team. Um, and that's kind of what we're wanting to, you know, just talk about. So the first thing, of course, is is you and how you're being perceived by your family. And then the next thing is how are people, how are your team perceiving you right now? And if you take a step back, your team is probably writing a story about you right now, about who you are, what your motives are. And you need to get clear about who you are. Who, who are you and what are you really wanting right now? And it's scary. But once you kind of have a vision of what I'm really scared of and how can I communicate that to my team, then that's an opportunity to sit down and talk to them because you've also built a story about them. And we can't help it. It's just in our brains. You know, this person that's not coming into work, I, I feel like she's goofing off at home. Well, that may be furthest from the truth. But every time I hear her and they're giggling in the background on the phone, then I'm angry. Right. And I'm not being reasonable. I'm being irrational. But unless we open up the dialogue and start talking, I can build a huge story that will probably hurt our relationship forever. You know, one of my employees just communicated how thankful she was because I know she's an incredibly hard worker. And right now she's not coming to work. And I know it's because of family Um, dynamics where she needs to protect someone at home that if they got COVID-19, if they were exposed to the coronavirus, it wouldn't be good for them. 
they have lots of underlying conditions. And it was one of those things where just getting to reach out, hey, like, where are you at right now? How are you doing? Um, finding that out and getting to just even validate her. Hey, look, I know like you are not just an employee that I absolutely respect, but I know your work ethic. Like, I know this isn't an opportunity for you to just, I don't know, milk it or, or whatever could have been assumed. And just even the, I don't know, the health of our relationship because of me validating that, it just made her feel known. And But part of the conversation is, you know, we always do this. How are you doing, Sean? And you say, fine. (laughs) How are you doing, Allison? I'm fine. And that's how we always communicate. In fact, it just comes out. So you have to really get to that. How are you really doing? What's really going on with you? So you can have a deep conversation and find out what's happening with this person. And that's the culture that we try to keep, you know, both you and I in our, um, you know, in my business and in your practice. Um, but if people don't have that culture, it might be a challenge, but it's never a better time than now to step out and to be vulnerable and to be transparent. Um, because to really, I don't know, to lead authentically, you need to be able to connect authentically. And if you're not willing to, as a leader, be vulnerable and share where you're at, your team's not going to, they're not going to feel safe. And, and that is really important right now is that level of safety. So if your team is at the office and they're helping you, I think there is an opportunity every morning to just check in, see how they're doing. Maybe you don't have a terror chart on the front, but you still need to ask them what's happening because they're probably coming in with fears too, with things that are happening in their family. They nobody, somebody got sick. I mean, they're dealing with a lot too. And so there needs to be an opportunity for them to share that and for you to think about, okay, so how are we going to deal with it? It needs to be a strategy. You know, I love what you just said about, you don't know what they're dealing with. Maybe someone's sick. Like, wow, never before has a cough been something that's like, like, is that, is that a Corona cough? Like, Go home. Yes. <laughs> but, but in rea- like the reality is people are still getting sick with normal things that are fine. Like they're not life-threatening, but we don't know. Like during this time, one of our kids got a fever and it's like right off the bat. It's hard to not sometimes go to worst case scenario. You, I, I absolutely think that's reasonable to go to a worst case scenario at this moment. Like as a parent though, like it's like, oh great. My child's going to be the one child that somehow, even though they had no underlying conditions and were healthy, is going to make the news because they're the first person to contract and like, you know, die. Like meaning it's hard to sometimes not go there. I think we're all going there. But that's why it's like um, people will probably be irrational right now, uh, not logical, um, because this there's just swirling. That's the best way I can think of it. There's just so much swirling and so much noise. People are listening to all different sorts of news and getting information. And some of it seems like it conflicts with each other. We're not supposed to wear masks. Now maybe we're supposed to wear masks. There's just so much going on. And your team is lost. And what's interesting is that remember that a lot of people around them are probably looking to your team members to help them make decisions because they do have that healthcare knowledge. Mm -hmm. So it's important that we're listening to our team members and giving them the most accurate information that we know. It doesn't mean that we know everything, but we know a lot and your team members know a lot. So in saying that, 
I'm reminded of the fact that, um, Allison, you as a medical professional, you know a lot, but you also don't know what the normal public doesn't know. <laughs> like I forget that all the time. Right. And so I'll start talking about virology and people will look at me like, what? What do you? I forget. I forget that all the time. So that's a challenge to you out there is that um, when you're talking to your patients or when you're talking to the public, sometimes it's hard for you to to understand what the general public might not know because they didn't just take basic anatomy and physiology like you did a long time ago. Like that probably wasn't in your, you know, post-grad dental work. That, that was just in your undergrad. So, so, so I'm just saying sometimes you disconnect that from, well, yeah, it was part of my undergrad. Like everyone should have gone through that. No, like that, you had so much more biology, anatomy, training than just someone that got a degree in communication or didn't even have a degree. So, so I'm just saying like, it's hard to, to unknow or to know exactly what the general public might be aware of when it comes to basic infectious disease control, sanitation. And so that's when you have to ask and you have to ask in a way that is not condescending because people have different strengths. They probably know more about how to communicate with the public than you do. But to ask, what, what's going on? Do you feel safe? And especially your team members. If they're coming into work, do they feel safe? And if they don't, what would make them feel safe? And if they say something unreasonable, then there's an opportunity to, to educate. You know, and kind of just um, circling back to what we were talking about of like, you have to be transparent uh, in order to build that real connection with someone. You know, we were saying that like, Maybe let's just assume that you have that culture in your practice already. Well, the chances of you having that same culture or that same kind of intimacy with all your patients, that's probably not going to be there. So if you're calling patients, I don't know, I think it might be more of a challenge where you have to be intentional to really get past the initial, yeah, 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 I'm good. Yeah, 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 I'm fine. Everything's okay. To really like hear like, no, where, where are you concerned? Because you as the medical professionals, you and your staff want to come alongside. You want to be able to educate. You want to be able to offer support. And until someone feels like you really are there for them and you care, they might just give you the pleasantries and kind of like get you off the phone, you know? Um, but, but to make a difference and to make an impact and to make an influence, you got to get to that place of connection, you know? So yeah, we just want to encourage you guys like, I don't know, really, really ask how your patients are doing if you're reaching out. And we think there's never a better time than now to just reach out to your patients and find out how you're doing. Because you know so much more about everything related to coronavirus than your patients do. You know, how to wear a mask. Recently, you just went live on Facebook and it was such a helpful segment on how to properly wear a mask. People don't know that. And again, I'd forgotten that. Somebody happened to ask me, and then I went, oh, the general public doesn't know this information. It's, it's just so important that we share. So I'm going I'm to step back one more time with your team. So if your team is coming into the office, make sure you're building in enough time every day to ask how they're doing, to make sure you're addressing their fears, and to set the expectations. If they come into the office, what do you want them to do? Their job is different than it used to be. Um, if they're working from home, what are the expectations? Don't assume that people know because they don't. 
you are you're still running the show, which is hard, but you're running the show. So if somebody comes into work for you, tell them what you need from them. And I think it's also important that we're we're transparent that we don't know everything. We're doing our very best. Here's what I'm implementing to keep you safe. I don't know when we're coming back. I'm doing my best. Of course, you are coming back. If they're not coming back, don't call them. <laughs> but if this is somebody you want to come back and still be on your team, I do think you need to start reaching out. Make sure that you're still in communication with your team members. You know, the way you just um, painted that picture, I was just thinking like, man, like they're... Uh, there's a, there is so much uncertainty that you're right. Like the amount of communication you need to make sure that, I mean, there's just so much different circumstances that could be happening in your practice that could be happening with your employees, whether, whether practices are in a place right now where they already have people on furlough, um, navigating this and just communicating so that you don't unnecessarily lose a team member just because you didn't know how to to lead. You know, like that's the that's the last thing we want people to go through right now because f- finding great help and building a great team is one of the biggest priorities and is such a value that if you lose someone and you have to rehire meaning that's just I don't know. It's well, not it's what add we want. to your chaos when you come back. Right. And that is the last thing you want. So you're showing up in the office, there's a lot going on, you might have some team members there. Or just wanting to let people know, like, try to be aware of where your team members are at. If there's difficult conversations you need to have, because maybe you haven't addressed pay, you haven't addressed what the next few weeks are going to look like, like, have the difficult conversations. Yeah, talk talk it through with your spouse or someone you trust first. Um, try to think of what those goals are that you're wanting to accomplish with them. Is this a long-term person you're wanting to keep? If so, how can you come up with a solution together? You know, I know some of the most valuable communication uh, skills I've ever learned is in the context of my marriage, because so many times my wife just wants me to hear her and hearing her and validating her doesn't mean everything she sings right. And that's been one of the hardest things for me to learn because a lot of times employees want to be given permission to talk about what they're scared about. And just because they're scared about maybe your silence or the fact that they may not get paid or they might get let off. Um, I don't know. Like Sometimes hearing that as a leader makes you feel like you're not doing something right or that you could be doing something better or you should be. And it's Well, like, at this moment, there's no answers. So I, I take it as I'm gathering information. I'm a scientist. I'm gathering information. When my team member says something, especially something that's inaccurate, it reminds me that there's probably a lot of people thinking that. So it's, it is important to just let them speak and not make them feel uncomfortable because we need to know what's out there. What are they thinking? What are, what are the general public thinking? We don't know. You know what? And that's the thing. Like, um, employees don't think like employers. And employers, long enough, you have your own business, you're a small business owner, you run your own practice. You kind of forget what it's like to think like an employee. Like it's just a very different perspective. So even just encouraging you to try to see beyond your own narrative, beyond your own lens to kind of understand what, I don't know, what insecurity that your team might be having right now. And it's a different burden of what you as the employer is feeling. You feel responsible for your team right now, don't you? Oh, I feel very responsible. 
I feel responsible that I have to keep them safe when they're in the office. Um, I feel responsible that when they come to the office, I need to give them clear goals because their job has changed so much. It's not what it used to be. Um, I'm writing a lot of scripts and then we're working on them. So when they talk to patients and I also, they're very concerned about the pay. And of course I'm worried about the pay too. So I had to be transparent that this is what I know I can do. And after this date, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, but at least they have some comfort that this is where we are. And I think that's all we really want is just someone else to understand us, to listen to us, and to give us some idea of what, what's expected of us. And that's why um, talking honest about just honest expectations. I think the worst is when someone sets a wrong expectation just because maybe you don't want to deliver reality. You don't want to deliver a realistic um, outlook of what could happen. And if you want to buffer them and just say, everything's going to be fine, you should be good. But then all of a sudden things aren't fine. You're not, you have no more receivables coming in in three weeks. Like don't trick your employees by making them think it's going to be okay. If, if you don't know it's going to be okay. It takes a lot more courage to just say, um, I don't know, because it'd be better for them to have the right expectation. I think that, yeah, one of the biggest issues with communication is when people make assumptions. And if you put some inf- misinformation out there, they'll never trust you again. This is the time to just be honest. And they know, I mean, they know you're not making money. So the other thing, the last thing I wanted to talk about was the patient issue and reaching out to your patients. So again, I'm thinking emails are just not enough. There's it, there's too much misunderstanding there. We are doing some Facebook posts, which I think is helpful, but again, it doesn't it doesn't really get there for patients. So we're making phone calls again, and especially when we're rescheduling patients, and it's taken about twenty minutes per patient. It's a um, long time. So the first phone calls, um, how long were they, roughly? Maybe ten minutes. Okay, so this is drastically because they're. Their life has changed so much and they want to ask questions. They want to tell you your story, their story. So they're open. Oh my goodness. All you have to do is say, how are you really? And the floodgates open. And it just gives me a lot of information about them, about where they are, about if I need to see them right now or not. Um, and then where in the schedule do I need to put them? You know, if I've got patients that are, well, this tooth is bothering me. I'm Okay. Okay, that's one of the first people that needs to come back in when we get seeing patients again. Um, my perio maintenance people who have missed their exam and cleaning, they need to come in. They're one of the first people I'm going to reschedule. Patients that don't always show up, that are totally healthy, that have a balance, that don't want to talk to me on the phone, I'm putting them a little later in the schedule because I don't think that there is, they're not as needy. Mm-hmm. So... I don't know. I, I guess I'm triaging them too as I'm listening. Where do I put them in the schedule? How important are their needs? And I'm just giving them a high touch that we're here. It's scary, but we're here. I mean, none of this is normal. Like this is nothing isn't, is normal anymore. This isn't what you are accustomed to doing with patients. Like having to understand, okay, I'm having to prioritize because I have limited capacity. Like who who do I need to see? I think we at first in March, I thought, okay, so we're all coming back 
and we booked every single day, eight to 10 hours a day, Fridays, we're double hygiene. We were just going to go in there and blow this out. Well, I don't think we're going to come back like that. So we're not booking like that in May, which means that, and now I have, of course, six weeks of patience. So I am going to have to make some, some decisions. And so I'm trying to triage patients and, and treat the most vulnerable and needy first. So really, the challenges that dental practice owners, that you as a dentist are faced with, are ever-changing. And you may not feel like, again, you're enough to be able to meet these challenges. And if that's how you're feeling at all, then um, you're in good company because that's how Allison and I feel um, I don't, periodically. It, it's like, this isn't about having to do this perfectly. It's not about you being this perfect leader that never makes a mistake. It's about you continuing to summon the courage to face each day and take it one day at a time. I mean, every day it seems like there's a new challenge and I just hope I have enough strength to meet that challenge. But I think those close to me know that I'm giving it my best. And that's part of good communication. It's just when you're real and you're honest, you're just letting people know I'm going to give it my best. And I think people respect that. And and I think when you're honest, people give you some grace too. Today's a tough day. It's a red day. And that that allows them to give you some grace today and not take things personally. And then to ask questions. So, and that's all you can ask. Parent, I think, goes both ways and it's it makes a big difference. So this is hard times. It really is. And if you can't do all these things right now, we get it. I'm struggling with doing all these things and I wrote them. (laughs) (laughs) But every day I try and do a little bit. Thank you for listening to the Authentic Dentist Podcast. To join Allison and Sean on this journey, hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. Here's to your success. Express yourself fully. Live authentic.